Alright, I think... Oh, uh, get all those out now. <laughs> yeah, I could not agree more. I, uh... I find your belching very charming, but... Same. I don't know if the world at large does. I don't I mean, know if it's we, ready we for can, it. We can break barriers. We're really, I'm already, we're really I, cracking open the field of belching uh, in podcasts wide open. You thought Hillary broke through the glass ceiling? It's Alton... Breaking, Breaking through, through the, the glass, glass ceiling. ceiling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Genius. Hole in one at a difficult, at a par nine. Set up. That's a hard one. Set up. Swing in the hole. Good setup. Good payoff. That's what people come to this podcast for. <laughs> I. That's what I come to this podcast for. Right. All right, now we now I guess we can go ahead and uh, try and actually get started. Maybe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host, Alton. With me, as always, is Reese. Say hello. Hello. You're here with us again. We are the guiding light of gamers. We are the ones to keep you from the gates of the uh, incel community. Preach. Um, we guard we guard gamers against fascism and reactionaryism, if, if that's an ism. I don't know if I that's a real word or if I just made it up. But anyway, it is. It's a it's a real word now. It's a real word because I made it up. That's exactly. how English works, people. Come on. I can't believe uh, we did another one. We're doing another one, but I I think it's the right decision. We have more to say about yeah. what monsters gamers are and how gaming has done this to them. It's amazing. It's like a never-ending font of content, honestly. The fact that so many people are making like content specifically for these people and not about these people is really just ridiculous. This is definitely a podcast about gamers for non-gamers. Pretty That's much. That's how I would describe it. That's a good way of describing it, actually. Giving you... Giving, we are like jungle adventurers recounting our tales in the the deep dark nation of gamer gamerdom. Collectively, this podcast is Jane Goodall. We're demystifying things, giving you the information you need so you can uh, delete gamers from your life forever. You don't need to wonder whether or not they're good people. They're they not. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, don't worry. Citation needed. That's coming. That's coming to the podcast a little later. That's will be all our links will be in the description for <laughs> <laughs> uh, studies showing that gamers are the worst, and video games are the worst. Yes. Thing on, on Earth. Earth. Exactly. And if anyone lived on the moon, that would also be included. But for brevity's sake. We're think just about including it. the Earth for now. I mean, think about it. The moon is like the one place like that we could feasibly go to that's not been tainted by a video game. Lots of video games set on the moon, but the actual moon, never been a video game there. No no like <laughs> no dump sites full of Atari cartridges or whatever. I'm ready to go. All yeah. after this <laughs> podcast. I'm gonna find a way. I'm gonna get rich. Alright. Pay Elon Musk so I can be the <laughs> only person on the moon. <laughs> uh, speaking of rockets, I think that transitions pretty well into our first topic, a little game called Factorio. Speaking of rockets and Elon Musk, because the degree of automation that this game encourages <laughs> right. really puts me in the mindset of a technology minded robber baron and and because i was thinking last night when we were playing um we have a big factory mm. set up and i was thinking colloquially known dude, as the racism factory by the way it is the racism factory that's what we're making 100 percent. and i was thinking if our little dudes in space suits 
wanted better health care and less hours, <laughs> I would kill them on the spot. <laughs> we are too busy creating red science potions and green science potions right. to consider their needs at all. And I would be extremely angry at them for <laughs> disrupting my reverie of genius. But anyways, let's let's explain what Factorio is. Right. To people. So we got dinged on the last podcast episode because people were like, "Oh, you didn't other than you making fun of Ted Cruz and calling him the fat wizard, you didn't actually explain what Vermintide 2 actually is." And so it's this It's about time, the fat wizard. It is about the I fat wizard. I don't understand. I I disagree with the premise of their criticism because it's mm. about a fat wizard you have to stop him yeah i mean it's you have to stop him otherwise he's gonna make texas great again yeah and you have to he has like an army of rats that like follow him around to catch the crumbs of like bread and butter that just slough off of him um and that's why it's called vermin tide because you have to get past the tide of vermin to get to the fat wizard Boom, there you go. It's explained. That's the best summation of Vermintide 2 pretty much on the entire internet. So, you can't you can't at don't add us now. Don't, don't add, us add us about not explaining what that game is about. You don't have our Twitter handles um so you can't add us, but if you did, I would request that you still not add us. Unless it's encouragement or support, then always feel free to to step forward. Indeed. But let's getting back to the Factorio topic, which we will now explain uh, in a way which is straightforward and perfectly legitimate by reading off the Wikipedia page. Factorio is a real-time strategy video game. Wrong. Developed by Woob Software. It is available as an early access game since 2014. This information... Oh, here's some actual information. The game follows a man who crash-landed on an alien planet and must harvest resources and cre to create industry to survive and build a rocket. So that's the ultimate goal in the game. You build a rocket to escape the alien planet and the world that you have ruined by turning into a mega-industrial factory. I agree that it is not a real-time strategy game, at least where we're at in it. Sure, there are... There's native life on the planet right. that you must exterminate <laughs> uh, by God's will. But most of it's like <laughs> a simulation of automation. You know, you can, there's a bunch of stuff you can craft and you can handcraft it. But the crux of the game um, is to automate the production of all the ingredients that you would need to make lights and power and weapons and for each increasing thing that you need to increase your technology or whatever, you have to figure yeah. out a way to loop that into your automation system. And that's kind of the game is figuring out how to optimize all of these systems in such a way. So you yourself do as little <laughs> work as possible. Uh, and you can spend your time writing op-eds for the New York times, criticizing people on food stamps. Right. I See, I would have gone for, you have free time to go around persecuting the native wildlife for chewing on your power cables. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that is what we're actually doing. Uh, <laughs> I, the, and getting extremely angry when they get close to us. Um, and the, one of the main mechanics in the game, I guess, is that the more pollution you produce, the animals can sense that you're destroying their ecosystem and will attack you. And, uh, you know, you're just defending yourself by going out in your <laughs> little automobile that you crafted with automation <laughs> right. and uh, just turn them into goo. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, we joked earlier about how it got us into the mindset of Elon Musk, but it really does have like a strong role playing element there if you want it to be, because... If you really get into it, you just start saying weird things, and that uh, Reese can testify to it that I went into some kind of trance while we were playing and just started saying, "Strip the earth, steal the flesh," or something like that. 
you 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 kept calling it our dark empire. Yeah. And I I agreed. I'm just like yes. <laughs> Yes, build Master General. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's a fun game, though. I mean, we joke, but I think that the reason we're able to infuse all of the stuff into it is that it's kind of largely without context. You know, you, you show up, there's no tutorials other than a couple of, like, tip screens, and you're just <laughs> there on this island with its systems trying to figure it out. It has co-op, so it's something we can play together. Um, it has trains, so we're really into it. So um, it instantly automate. automatically appealing to any socialist <laughs> public transportation. And there, you can automate the trains and have them deliver your materials from this place to another. Mm-hmm. I was watching a Twitch stream and just the insane size that these factories get to, which basically stretches from miles and miles and miles and just imagining the amount of racism that factory <laughs> is producing is staggering <laughs> it's truly staggering and impressive and i we're, we're nowhere close yet we're merely we're little babies in our racism playpen indeed compared to that guy like i'm not actually sure why we're talking about it other than the fact that we like it. Like, we have nothing to say about gamers or gaming in relation to the Factorio, because Factorio is an indie game, for one, so it's cut off from, like, the most deplorable and despicable aspects of, like, the gaming industry, which is the AAA sector. And for two, there's not really been any controversies around it, but I find that the content of the game is something that is inherently tied to political ideology because manufacturing and production has been so central to the western world for like centuries also notch loves loves the game so oh, i think fuck. That well that... it's bad now sorry yep. sorry to let you guys know but the <laughs> notch has said that he enjoys the game and in solidarity with everyone who thinks notch is a huge dipshit because he is uh, we no longer enjoy the game either. Other, even other conservatives think Notch is a dipshit. Like when you're getting dunked on by Mark Dice and you have <laughs> a billion dollars, I'm sorry, pack it up and just go to your candy house. Which it seems like he's—that's what he's basically done. Excellent. Well, his candy house. The problem with his candy house is that it's currently, actually, all that candy's rotten. All that candy's spoiled. It's like fermented. It's turned to like candy goop in his like tubes that he just like squirts into a cup and then drinks it. And that would actually explain why he posts the things he does is that he's he has <laughs> he has like fucking fermented candy goop. This is 100 percent true. Yes, there's there's been documented evidence that his fetid candy mold <laughs> has attached itself <laughs> to his body, kind of concentrating on the the base of his skull. And there's a lot of people who theorize, you know, maybe it's kind of Infowars conspiracy type stuff, but it's worth a look. They theorize that the candy has actually taken over. And it's it's become sentient and it controls Notch now. Um, and I, I agree. I don't see any flaw. Folks, we got our hands on some um, documents concerning uh, one Notch on Twitter. Uh, he is in the possession of a house full of candy. This candy has gone off and has been infested with a, with a brain parasitizing mold. I've seen the documents, folks. The real. I think that was a special guest appearance by um, Alex Jones telling us about the the brain parasite uh, candy mold. Alex, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of the bone broth. I'm drinking some right now. <laughs> I got a. I have a big <laughs> Mountain Dew two liter filled with oh, the bone broth. Jesus Christ! And, and I but. While while I listen to Alton talk, or I pretend to listen to Alton talk, <laughs> I just chug and chug and chug, and basically the podcast ends when I pass out and <laughs> Alton has to call the hospital. Yeah. That's how every single episode ends. We cut that part out for time purposes, but it is um, canonically 
the ending. We have to go until Reese passes out from his Mountain Dew bone broth. And, you know, at the start of this, Alton has expressed worry that we might have to talk for two or three hours before that happens. You know, he's a busy man. He's got a lot to do. Right. But uh, it seems like that, that happens pretty quickly. You know, we usually get wrapped up after about an hour um, I start to go into the my heart fits, <laughs> and uh, Alton alerts the nurses. They're stationed outside your door right now. They are waiting to come in when you <laughs> when you begin to vomit uh, a mixture of chocolate malt um, and Mountain Dew into the air like a fucking fire hose. At the risk of being sincere for a second, I, I do kind of like talking about specific games on this podcast just because I think that it, it gives people context to have uh, an idea of kind of games like in the world beyond kind of just like the most basic stuff. I know we talked about the Sea of Thieves last episode, which is a pretty big game. Uh, but it's difficult to access. We can imagine a lot of people haven't played it. Right. And I think it's interesting to to hear about these games from another perspective. And even though Factorio has the potential for uh, abuse, as we've seen by our own behavior and its love <laughs> of uh, the Emperor of Minecraft, it's still a good game, I think. And it's 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 got interesting things going on. And uh, right. you know, if if you are a deplorable unforgivable gamer pick it up yeah it's a good game get it now because it never goes on sale and it will eventually become $30 on full release but we are moving on let's go ahead and move on to our next topic which is we were talking about this a while ago um, just via chat we were talking about how there really needs to be a, a name both for fans of this podcast and people who enjoy games in general but are uh not massive reactionary chuds because i feel as though bias guilt by association has crept up and sort of made anyone who unironically identifies themselves as a gamer uh you automatically jump to the assumption that this is a reactionary if not a chud then at least a reactionary well, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think, too, it's kind of a forced identifier that yeah. reactionaries have embraced because I never really encountered the idea as a gamer as a serious identity because everybody played games. You know, if you were a nerd, you probably played games, but that came with all this other baggage. But it really wasn't until mountain dew started doing that game fuel gamer fuel type stuff did i find that being inserted into the consciousness and then of course the worst pieces of shit on earth saw that you know capitalist (laughs) identifier and they're like that's who i am that's me now and that's what I think is the best thing on earth in general is when uh, reactionary conservatives and capitalism crash together for an identity that they hold so deeply that they will harass any woman off Twitter that says anything remotely against it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's remarkable really just how quickly... Um, gamers as an identity sort of pre-2008, I would say, uh, as an identity were very anti-conservative. Um, and that their big reason being primarily that because of the moral panic of like the early 2000s and late 90s, where you had all these conservative politicians basically coming out of the woodwork to blame violent crime on basically anything other than actual guns or uh, a lack of mental health care or whatever you know it's all video games are turning our children violent uh, school shootings were caused by doom I don't know if anyone our viewers know, know this but it's a fact that before <laughs> doom they never happened yeah I very pointedly remember 
after Columbine happened, you know, they tried to figure out what could have caused these people to be like this. And Doom was really pointed out. They had a Doom map that looked like the school, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as we've, as the information has, you know, come out about uh, Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris, it just find out that they were dicks. And I forget who's who, but like one of them was just like straight up, like a little neo-Nazi and the other one was just his minion who just did everything that he said and it had nothing to do with video games it's just that they were pieces of shit which to be honest it, being a big piece of shit is a huge part of the gamer identity now oh absolutely i mean <laughs> <laughs> but like i like i was saying so it it's it, been a profound shift in the last couple of years and i think that this has gone across multiple communities not just like the gaming one but where you see these originally um anti-conservative identities sort of make this huge shift in, in like to like reactionary conservatives now and it, it's happened to like gamers from when they were like they used to like, just shit all over like conservative politicians for like daring to suggest that video games might affect people in any way whatsoever and it also sort of happened somewhat in the atheist community um but i i've heard about it but i'm not uh, an expert to speak about it i'd say that's absolutely true in movies uh, the kind of film fans you definitely kind of get those vibes from people who are fans of Zack Snyder and the DC Extended Universe a lot. Uh, kind of weirdly enough, uh, people who love Batman are a little fashy. I, I know that's strange. Um, in literature, there was that whole debacle with the Hugo Awards where conservatives tried to hijack the awards because they felt that progressive sci-fi was unfairly winning all the reward uh, awards and so they mm. tried to hijack that um, but gaming is unique in the density and the acuteness of its kind of explosive connection to that identity and it's like typified by gamergate i mean it i i don't know uh, i would argue that that was something that was boiling uh, before Gamergate, and it just kind of like managed to peel off the scab when it happened. Um, you know, just because gaming lends itself to spending all this time by yourself doing what, like I, I game, I enjoy it, but it's essentially doing nothing, you know, <laughs> and being rewarded for it. And being thinking that you're somehow a better person or somehow have something of value within yourself when that is not at all the case. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pastime and like a hobby. And it's a good I would say it's even like a good hobby, but if fundamentally the core issue here with gamers is that it it's something that people have based their identities on and it is the most hollow and vacuous activity to form an identity around imaginable can you imagine if people who built model trains started just like viciously swatting <laughs> anybody who dared criticize building model trains or built model trains for women or something like that. <laughs> I feel like if I Google that, we, you would actually find something like that, sadly enough. But that's what I think of whenever I think of gamers who are like, and you know, nothing, no diss against if you like to build anything, models, whatever. I'm not here to judge, but I just think it's funny taking your hobby to such an extent yeah, and it's it's embarrassing. I mean, the, uh, more than anything, you know, people don't like to talk about it very much because they'll send the cops to your house saying that 
you know, you have held somebody hostage and people have died from that. You know, nobody wants to touch the poop. You know, <laughs> these disgusting, unfuckable goblins <laughs> in their basements. Uh, you know, the people who made, like, the judgment is out, just like, okay, play Dota, you won. I don't know anybody who, even people who play games, who thinks of gaming in a positive light, nor should they. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. Uh, I feel like we are getting a little bit off track, though. The original topic is we want a way of distancing ourselves and our fans from the poop, basically. You're true. Do you have any any ideas of uh, any suggestions of what we could call these people? Game wankers. Great, done. Because <laughs> <laughs> you wank games. My suggestion, uh, even though it's not true, is just normal human beings. I'm just a normal human being. Fan of the video <laughs> video games are the worst thing on earth. That's the name of our fans and normal human who... beings. <laughs> Initially, that sounds like, oh, that you just want them to not have a uh, name. But no, you want them to refer to themselves as normal human beings. <laughs> no abbreviation. You're just like, we're the normal human beings. No, don't call yourself normies. That's a different thing. Right. We're the normal human beings. Uh, this, is the, this is normal human being con. Oh boy! Where normal human beings across the country can meet, cosplay as their favorite normal human being, right? And this buy is, merch. This is an identity centered around having a normal one, and appreciating games for being very normal and not having any kind of distinction or need to make that a part of your identity. Maybe that's something we could bring to the next podcast. Maybe somebody out there who's listening has an idea of something that somebody's already come up with or something that, I don't know, comes that they think of themselves as. Because almost yeah. everybody that I think handles the hobby of video games normally just says, uh, I I play video games. I'm so, I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh that's my favorite Polygon video. <laughs> they introduce themselves like we play games. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just like that fucking clip of where it's like I'm too fucking weak. I've <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen that video. You have to oh. link it to me. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't watch Polygon content because they're SJWs. Yeah, uh, that uh, they hate. They hate all men and video games, and they wish that all video games were women. My favorite evolution of late Penny Arcade, which is nightmarish oh, and has God. always been so, but it's. I mean, it's mostly bland now, but they keep dunking on polygon because they because they didn't like the punisher they thought the punisher didn't say enough about gun violence and so the the bad one uh the dumber one who <laughs> does the art right got so angry because they uh because they dared besmirch the punisher in their 7 out of 10 review <laughs> <laughs> And so now they every so often I keep up with it because I I have problems emotional problems but they <laughs> they keep bringing up their problems with Polygon and they're not articulated well beyond oh my goodness political correctness is taking over this country and uh it's nightmares that does sound pretty bad. I've never been a big fan of Penny Arcade. Even when I, I've, I mean, I've read parts of it, but even in, when I was in my big, I think everyone probably went through like a big webcomic phase. Well, I think that you're pretty lucky. My pre-woke phase, which I don't think was that bad. It's not like I was ever a reactionary or, or anything, but I was fairly liberal, I would say. Mm -hmm. Leftish on the liberal spectrum. And... I was pretty into Penny Arcade. I like them enough to get a shirt, uh, which is oh, a wow. 
which is probably the most embarrassing <laughs> thing that I own in my, <laughs> you know, 30s life now. But to me, like watching it, and then after they did that whole thing where uh, the wolves that rape. Oh, the and rape people wolves, were like, yeah. I, I don't like that you have a joke about the wolves that rape. And rather than, than them going, well, you know, uh, I can understand why you wouldn't like rape. They were just like, no, no, we're going to make merchandise about the wolves that rape. And I was just like, well, okay, <laughs> I think it's time to maybe distance myself. <laughs> we Listen, Reese, we don't have to grow up. We just have to distance ourselves from this deeply embarrassing thing and try to just move with your life, move on with your life. Right. It's a bit like that. Um, it, it is interesting in that comparatively, you are now way more woke than Penny Arcade. Um, and it, I think in general, it kind of works like that old adage about you don't have to be, if you're running away from a bear, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than whoever's behind you. Exactly. You don't have to be woke. You just have to be more woke than Penny Arcade, right. which is not not difficult. That's a low standard, and I I hope that we can apply that to anyone who watches this. That just everyone should be more woke than Penny Arcade. I I co-signed the statement. So if you're our fan, please refer to yourself as a normal human being who is more woke than Penny Arcade. Boom, we figured it out. Nice. nice work. Rolls off the tongue. Short. Concise. This was a terrible um, this was a terrible adventure that went poorly. <laughs> Speaking of terrible adventures that go poorly. Oh yeah. I would like to just do a quick reading of this article that I found right before we started recording. I won't read all of it, even though it's fairly short, mm -hmm. but I would like to call this segment Gamers Around the World. This is from US Gamer or Us Gamer. And I believe it's called Usgummer. Usgummer? Okay, yeah. from usgummer.net. <laughs> In South Korea, there's a witch hunt against female game developers who align themselves with feminism. Okay. According to a report by AFP News Agency, a controversy was kicked off in South Korea recently at Seoul-based video game company IMC Games. Mm -hmm. The company reportedly launched a probe into a female employee for supposedly holding anti-social ideology. Oh my the God. accusation came after Twitter users found the female developer Sung Hui Jin followed several feminist groups on Twitter and retweeted a post which had a slang term for sexist men. Twitter oh users God. called on the company to fire her and called her a cancer-like creature that followed a dirty ideology. <laughs> it apparently was enough for IMC hang Games. On, hang on, hang on right there. I think we've just okay. found a new name for our fans. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the... A, What's the new name? A cancer-like creature that follows the dirty ideology. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's us. <laughs> um, the, the article goes on to say the, the woman apologized and vowed to unfollow feminist groups. There was uh, Nexon in 2016 fired a voice actress after she posted a photo of herself wearing a t-shirt that read... Girls Do Not Need a Prince, a t-shirt sold by the online feminist group Megalia. Um, and it goes on to have, give a couple more examples of this occurring. Um, but basically, ever since that Nexon viewing, it seems that there has been a vigil of South Korean gamers. Um, and, you know, to their credit, as in the esports scene as it is being uh, bigoted against women in gaming uh, mm. our Asian counterparts just blast the Americans out of the water um, and NA is going to have to step up very true better at everything even racism absolutely <laughs> so I just saw that and I thought that that would go in nicely with oh, our... I should have said sexism oops I'm sure. I'm sure nobody will point out my mistake ever in the comments. 
It's not a thing people on the internet like to do is pointing out your mistakes. I, I don't see there's any there's no reason that that can't be true. No, make actually, be the true. best way to to get engagement with your videos is to make a small mistake, and then everyone will comment on it. That's great. Uh, having me on the podcast, use your ticket to gold. It well, yeah, it's going to be pretty difficult because they're going to have to make like multiple comments for like every single part of the video. Like the timestamp on this will just look crazy. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Comment down below everything we did wrong. All right. Uh, do we want to quickly look over the their, the American counterparts and their complaint on Kotaku in action? Oh, yes. I, let's get the link first. Where is it? There's a thread on Kotaku in action. The If you're unfamiliar, the Gamergate subreddit, where they show... In the latest Battletech game, you can choose your pronoun. They're <laughs> very upset about this. <laughs> so the Battletech game is a basically it's a Battletech game. I don't know. People should be relatively familiar with Battletech, I think. But it's a real-time strategy game with mech. Well, no, turn-based strategy game with mechs. Comment down below my mistake. Um, <laughs> made by published by Paradox Interactive and developed by Hairbrain Schemes. And it's going to be, it looks cool, and everyone who is a giant robot nerd loves it. I'm sad, though, because I prefer the third-person shooter mech games, and not the turn-based ones. But continue with our, with our story. Battletech devs, HBS, um, I, don't know, I don't know what that means. Oh, the dev is called HBS, I guess. Hairbrain Play schemes. The pronouns. Hairbrain schemes. Play the pronoun game. And they show whatever your character is. You can change your pronoun. I don't know how in-depth it is, but in my opinion, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's All like right. a... Pro- you can change your pronoun, and they probably have he, she, and then the screenshot shows they. Ooh. The yeah, horror. Real bold. The cultural Marxists are destroying the West by putting, a sl- putting options in video games. The first highlighted comment is from Steampunk Mustache already. <laughs> starting out of the gate strong. Right. It's perfectly fine for them to do that, but I can't pretend it's not an indication that the developer's priorities are on other things than their game. I in, wonder in what italics. else we'll see from them. Yeah. In italics is like then their game. Like this is a fucking dramatic reading. As I <laughs> <laughs> and then stupid star will toll bell for hot pockets. I okay. Says that's exactly how I feel. This kind of thing is a big red flag for me, both in terms of products and people. When I see it, I try to steer clear as much as possible. Uh I respect your opinion, stupid star. Uh Good luck with those hot pockets. The next <laughs> comment is from Gringos. Just right. look at the story trailer. A queen is narrating, and the only two characters shown are a chubby female Asian mechanic and a black dude. It screams, look how diverse we've made our game. Oh, Gringos, boy. I feel for you, man. Yeah, I can't believe that they put people other than fucking white dudes in a game. My my whole reality is fucking crumbling around me. The last one here I want to read. I think they there's there's more rage, but this is the last really funny one to me because this, as far as I'm concerned, the more options I have when customizing my character, the better. Fuck what anybody else thinks. Hell, in X XCOM, I love making SJW looking <laughs> characters as rookies and watching them get blasted apart by aliens. I don't get why people are mad about this. Oh my god. And then the rotting world says, You don't get why people are mad about dev signaling SJW agenda? Even after... Oh, sorry. Even after all these years? As if it ever ended in one concession? On top of all of the other grievance stuff in here is just like... Like having an Asian and a black dude is somehow like a political statement other than just like here are two people that are on the earth. I think 
it typifies what it it's it's true the world over, but I think it's uniquely a issue within the reactionary gamer subset mm. is reactionary gamers are fucking wilding out <laughs> on transphobia right now. Oh, it's it the is, new big thing. It is the golden age of gamer transphobia. And until like social mores uh, improve to a point that it's no longer okay to slur them like they do, they're going to freak out about every pronoun thing. They're, every joke's going to be about assuming your gender, even though no trans person has ever has ever said that you know the 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 most assertive anybody i've ever seen is respectfully asking you to respect their (laughs) who they are which i know is a hilarious joke to them um and i don't know it's you know i don't have anything funny to say about it i just think that it's something that i noticed a lot (laughs) and i and i and i don't think it's i it's not out there and being discussed as much as I'd like of just how much they've just sunk their teeth into this and how in every online thing, even from people who are otherwise like not aren't coded as horribly, you know, they could, they have kind of like a more normal disposition. There's still mm-hmm. a lot of this transphobia stuff going on. If you see anybody online or a gamer make this joke, it's just like immediately write them off, immediately block report them because you do not need them in your life. Pretty much. And I love how the new stance of gamers is that they want less character customization because otherwise they might not be white and male. Yeah, I mean, you're allowed to have one black dude who handles the demolitions always and an asian girlfriend one of each and then 3500 white men yes that is the the racial and uh gender makeup of every game if you disagree um they're gonna call uh your local police department and say that you're holding somebody hostage in hopes of getting the swat team who barely understand what video games are (laughs) They live in a video uh, to, game. <laughs> well, we listen, we all I don't think the podcast is ready for our we live in the video game conspiracy theory. <laughs> no, that's the next episode. Next episode, we're all in the matrix. Yeah. Big shout out to Shitty Gamer Takes, by the way, for calling uh my attention to this and then subsequently Reese's attention. At Gamer Takes, no space. They do a lot of compiling of Things that gamers do that are shitty, but in an amusing way. Yeah, you're, you're great gamer takes. Uh, post more. Yeah. We need more shitty gamer takes, so we can we need content for this podcast. It is truly a renewable resource, and we admire the work you do in, in uh, archiving it for our purposes, which is to also make fun of gamers. It's my life purpose. Yeah. And that's we're coming up to an hour now. Would you do you think we should do another thing, or do you think we're good for topics? Uh, I think we're mostly good for topics. I don't know how long. I I don't know the, your next thing that you wanted to bring up. I don't know this article that you discussed. I haven't read it. Yeah, I could maybe just read it to you. I don't know if it's actually going to be good enough for a bit. So this it could be an entire section of stuff we cut out. So let me just say in advance, if we're probably going to cut this out, this is where we should make all of our problematic jokes. <laughs> I identify as a cis male because cis is a slur, apparently. Uh, I am an attack helicopter. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's, 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 that's the joke. <laughs> my, that's my identity joke. Ha <laughs> uh, ha. I'm going to make a whole thing about this. Anyway, sorry, your article. Right. Um, So basically, I work at an engineering firm, and around us are a whole bunch of, like, construction magazines and engineering magazines and, like, building magazines. I picked one up just because I was curious about it because it was talking about the housing crisis. But (laughs) 
this is sort of interesting because it's completely outside of that. And it's in business media with this guy called Ken Barry. And the article is the question, to tweet or not to tweet? I know the answer, but it's a very it's a very prescient article. I think it affects a lot of our viewers who are extremely online, probably all have Twitter, probably all spend way too much time on Twitter. But what kind of what I want to I want to ask you, what kind of person do you would you imagine is like writing this article? There's a picture of them. So like give me like a give me like a description of who who you think this is based off of the, the subject matter. I think it's definitely a white dude. He has correct Good. A, a big fleshy head. Oh man! And he's got kind of like a very like close cropped haircut. That's I would say kind of sandy blonde. Um, and uh, he's extremely smug looking, uh, <laughs> bright bright blue eyes. Um, Holy shit! And I don't know. And <laughs> he's absolutely a racist. <laughs> Um, so that's a, that's close. It's pretty close. How old would you guess that this guy is? I, I'm of two minds. I, I want to say, I'm going to go with, this is like a, a 40 year old dude. Oof. Okay. Not as close, really close in the lead up, up until right at the end where he said he was a racist. He, I don't, he doesn't mention race anywhere in here. So. Uh, I mean that, that, that. So we don't know. We don't know. It's unknown if he's a racist, if, but he has if, like. If you don't like, listen. If you don't mention race, you're a racist. It, race affects us. Indeed, but anyway, he's like a. He's at least sixty years old. This guy, he, almost to a T, big fleshy head, blue eyes, close cut haircut, but white hair, not blonde. I I should have because I was thinking he's either old or young, and I. I Split the difference, uh, uh, like a coward, and like that's... a coward. But this is an old man talking about whether or not we should tweet in the engineering industry. So I'll go ahead and start the reading series. <clears throat> Over fine wine, my virtual girlfriend Amanda and I spent a lot of time tweeting while ex- while enrolled in a college media program together. After class. I sipped a Merlot in a Tennessee restaurant and tweeted my delight at hooking up with the teacher's pet. <laughs> it, it, I think I probably should have explained that the thing about this article that I find really weird is the strange sexual pathology where it's just like this old man is just saying these weird, creepy things about like hooking up with the teacher's pet. Maybe this is a generational thing, but when I hear hooking up, I don't think, oh, I'm in a relationship with this person. I think hardcore fucking. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I find that it can mean different things to different people, but as coming from an engineering article, like very disconnected from <laughs> it, the topic of engineering... This is this is a super weird open <laughs> salvo it's, for whatever we're talking about. It immediately struck me as just bizarre that this guy was like, "So I was enrolled in a class drinking wine with my virtual girlfriend Amanda, and we fucking." Before we continue this article, I want you to know, me and Amanda, we fucking. Very important piece of information for the rest of the article, which actually talks about using social media to market your engineering firm. I, I don't fully understand what he's talking about with the virtual girlfriend. Is it just like he's talking to a woman online? What's going on here? Oh my god. It, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. He says my virtual girlfriend Amanda spent a lot of time tweeting while enrolled in a college media program. I mean... And then he's like from her deck at home 500 miles away in North Carolina, she said that she was enjoying a glass of Cabernet and having fun learning to become a social media expert. Is he on Chatterbait? I don't know. He is. Okay, continue. <laughs> and then at the end, so he talks about like the actual topic, which is, you know, oh, it uh, takes a lot of time, costs a minimal, but it can actually make something happen basic you know stuff and then at the end he's like meeting amanda in person over 
A real-life dinner at her family's recent vacation in Hawaii was was as much fun for our spouses as it was for the two of us. It's like, big twist ending. <laughs> um, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My girlfriend's husband loved, <laughs> loved the dinner that I paid for. That's the context of this article, is that the this is like talking about hooking up with Amanda, the teacher's pet, and then at the end, just the bombshell that they're both already married. Yeah, that's an article I found, and it's about tweeting, so it's relevant to leftism as a whole because leftism is just tweeting that's my understanding anyways so i i maybe we'll put that in maybe we won't i did you enjoy our read the first in our reading series i enjoyed it i mean i don't think the last episode had me ranting correctly about death note so i think it's fine to waver a little bit there's only so much about video games that we can talk about you know i think little funny things is fine all right well i think that's all we've the time we've got for now we've probably gone over an hour we'll try and cut it down a little bit but where can people go to find you and your great online content my internet brand is available at your very good bud on twitter uh other than that that's it follow me on twitter yep and i am Eight, I am at 8alton8 on twitter.com where I make very silly posts and I mostly do retweets because I'm lazy. Or you can find me on, on youtube.com slash altonplays. Just search for altonplays and I'll be, probably, I'll be the first one to pop up. Sorry all you other altonplays. I'm the best at Alton Fuck playing. Fuck the other altonplays. That's Hell the... Yeah. That's my statement on this podcast. All right. But until next time. Thank you so much for listening. From the bottom of my heart, I love you and support you. Yes. So long. Um, what is it? Cancerous beings with a dirt ideology. So long, normal human beings. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>